1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by Chuck Blount, Paul Steven, and Mike Sutter. They joined the show today to discuss the effect of the devastating freeze and how it affected ranchers and farmers. Welcome to the show, gentlemen.
0: Thanks for having
2: me. Thanks for having us. How are y'all?
1: So, I feel like... We've uh, over at the Express News. We've covered a lot of the what happened along the political side with ERCOT and the and the grid. And you guys have an interesting uh, story of how it affected ranchers and farmers and food providers in uh, in our region. Um, let's start with a uh, Let's start with you, Chuck. Can you give us a brief overview of the of your reporting?
2: Well, uh, what w- what was shocking to me was uh, the effect on the the animals um i i i grew up in uh in iowa and uh you know where it would be you know sometimes zero degrees negative you know and 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 uh animal loss was almost unheard of they because they do their calving seasons in the summer and down here in texas they do their calving in the um, like now, you know, like March and uh, mid February, because obviously, um, the temperatures are usually more prime than they, than they would be when it's a hundred degrees outside every day. So they, they, they were literally calves being born, uh, at area farms right now when it was six, seven degrees. And obviously, you know, they're, they're wet, you know, when they come out and, um some of the rancher uh, the ranchers tried their best to to get to them and put them put them in warming stations and things like that but uh they could not get to them fast enough to save a lot of them so there were, there was a lot of a, a lot of calves were lost uh, in the cold um a decent amount of uh, f- uh fowl you know chickens quail things like that also um succumb to the to the to the cold weather but It didn't have a drastic effect on the bottom line of really any of these ranches uh, to, to, too much of a degree, but it was a, it was, you know, there were, there were some losses there that are going to, that are going to sting for a while. And, um, you know, as Paul and Mike can attest to the crop end of it, uh, it's, it was, it was a serious thing. Uh, There's no way to minimize it. That's for sure.
1: One of the, most striking pictures in the, in the article is from linda and larry starnes where they're just standing in front of their just the devastated crops tell me more about the starnes
0: it it has kind of a dust bowl aspect about it doesn't it the, mm-hmm. like a frozen dust bowl that's got to be the worst kind mm-hmm. um a, a story i loved about Lindy and linda and larry starnes if you don't know them they they're sort of uh casual uh uh Casually known as Grandma's Garden. And if you've had uh, the Grandma's Garden pizza at Playland, then you've had some of their chili peppers, some of their tomatoes. Uh, they're extensively used by Rebel, Botica, uh, Clementine, some of the best restaurants in the city. But um, they uh, pretty much lost everything that was above ground. Everything, that was, The things that were below ground, like turnips, root vegetables, things like that, they saved those. But what was above ground, well, that was that was it and the store the photo of them together on the land is especially poignant because she's 71 he's 74 they work let that land on their own by themselves so they don't have anybody that comes in and helps them to do that it's just the two of them so it's uh it's poignant not just in the revenue that they're going to lose for the next two and a half months but
1: on the must be
0: that physical toll that it's going to take on them as well
1: speaking of that um there was another picture of the goat cheese at goat Uh Robert and uh, Claudia Rangel in New Bromfels mm-hmm. they I mean they lost like what is it say at three thousand dollars in goat milk
2: yeah they um, Robert their, their, their ranch is is uh, is completely on on an electric grid and they have well water and everything like that but but with the power that that went out mm-hmm. they had to uh i mean they, they didn't have any hot water and so and then their their pumps didn't work to get the milk out of the goats and the goats need, they need to be milked at least once a day usually uh, robert does it twice a day but they need to be milked once a day otherwise you know the they're, they're just the whole uh, goat the dna i guess gets altered in some capacity so he him and a, a, one of his um farmhands Uh, milked what they could by hand but they they had to just dump the milk out because they couldn't guarantee you know the you know that it was sanitary and everything from you know pieces of hair and whatever else you know maybe that might fall into the bucket so they were mainly just milking the goats to just just to make sure that you know they were going to be okay from a from a future supply angle but yeah i mean you you do that by hand from something that used to normally have a have a machine and you're going through all those animals, then uh, uh, needless to say, he probably had a few calluses on his hands for the, for the, he'll have those uh, uh, on his hands for the next few weeks, I would imagine.
1: <laughs> you have a section in the article about small farms. A lot of the small farms do provide food for for restaurants. As Mike said, we, we already had the pandemic. So I'm assuming restaurant business was down... To begin with. How is this going to affect small farms moving forward? Are, are they going to be okay? or What's going to happen? It depends a lot on
2: the farm um, and what kind of product they're growing. The, the folks I spoke to, um, Cody Scott over at Green Bear Farm, he was particularly vulnerable because of what he grew. He does tomatoes in this kind of crazy vertical greenhouse contraption. And that allows him to provide tomatoes out of season. So local restaurants that want local tomatoes in February and March were able to get it, but he's not going to be able to satisfy those customers for a a while. He lost 2,800 plants uh, in one night that all had fruit on them.
1: So I I think it kind of depends on on who's growing what. And did any of these folks talk about anything that... I mean, <laughs> any sort of assistance or from maybe a government um, assistance program or anything like that from the state. And has anyone you've spoken to talked about anything like this?
2: I think they're still in a state of shock. Honestly, um, the, the, the one the one silver lining or the or some some good news was that I did talk to a uh, a farmer who said they you know in, in you know early to mid-march they're already in the process of trying to convert to summer crops anyways you know your tomatoes your um peppers and you know everything else so so it, it could have if this happened a month ago it would have been a a heck of a lot more of a loss than it than it was in this time frame, so th- th- there's at least that. Um, now, granted, everybody lost quite a bit, but 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 there, you know, there was at least the calendar end of it. Uh, uh, there was a little bit of relief.
1: And so, there is there anything else you guys like to tell me about the people you spoke to, or um, I, I think I did. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I, there was a farmers market. They're trying to sell as uh, what they can.
0: Well, it was uh, it was Michelle Stubing uh they'll like to on wednesday she's going to be selling what she still has on hand in front of her farm and then she's going to be at the um uh, a farmer's market in bernie on saturday with with what she has she's also going to be bringing eggs and things that she has canned over the last year and um just whatever she had left that didn't get wiped out
1: all righty guys well, I know we're looking at the silver linings here and a lot of these folks were really hit hard, but I appreciate you guys coming on the show and talking to me and, uh, and I appreciate you guys, you reporting on it. Cause I feel like this was, there was so much <laughs> in the week after and, and it's easy to get lost in the politics of it all and who we're going to blame for everything that it, it, it would have been easy to overlook a lot of these small farms and, and ranchers. So I, I really appreciate that guys. Thank you.
2: Yeah, and I and just just you know just a one one other thing is everybody that that is in the farming and ranching industry, they they, they know what would it they know how uncertain everything is. So you know even though there was a lot of loss, they you, you kind of know what game you're playing. You know when you get into this, so yeah.
1: Alrighty, guys. Well, I think this is a good place to end it. I I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. It's always great to talk to you, even if we're talking about something not so so great.
0: Well, thanks. I feel the same way. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: That was Chuck Blount, Paul Stevens, and Mike Sutter talking about the effects of the devastating freeze two weeks ago on Texas ranchers and farmers. Check out their full story over at expressnews.com.